0: Welcome to the Parkway Life Church podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Just to let you know, uh, a few weeks ago, God had been working on me about this message, and I kept telling Him, God, I, I... I don't, I don't feel it, you know, God was, you ever been there? You're like, God saying do this, and you're like, but wait a minute, God, just can you, can you, can you just let me do it? And I had, like, I was studying some other things, and God kept putting on my heart this message, and uh, parts of this message some of you have been, have heard before on a Wednesday night, uh, but, and I was like, God, I've already done that, and he said, sometimes I got to say it twice. Uh, and 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 God was like, I want you to go here. And then Pastor started talking about the grapes and the giants last week, and I was like, God, are you? <laughs> here we go again. God, you're really speaking to me. Okay, so so I just want to let you know some of you have already heard some of this message, but I'm going to tell you what. Sometimes in the Bible, when God repeats things and He does it again, He's really wanting to catch your attention. So I really believe God's wanting to catch your attention on this message. Last week we talked. He talked about grapes and giants. And we talked about the promises of God, putting the promises of God, the greats in our mouth, but we never got around to the giants. So can we can we can we kill some giants today? Can we kill some? So, this is what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. I want to talk to you about a Secrets of a Giant Killer. And I want to read today. We're going to move out of the children of Israel into my very favorite story in the Bible. Uh, and some people say, well, you, talk, you, you preach from this story every, almost every time. I know it's a good story, okay? Uh, it's in the Bible. They're all good stories. And this is where we're going. 1 Samuel 17 32 through uh, where it says this David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And Saul replied, But you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, He said, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, he said, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Now, that, now that is, that's, that's a pretty pretty big deal there. Killed, struck the lion and killed the lion. And uh, uh, then, then your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And then he says this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, he just said, he said, go and, and the Lord be with you. That's what he said right there. Can we pray, God? We love you. We thank you for this day. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts today. God, I, I pray that this message is a life-altering message. God, that this message will be from your heart and our heart and will change our life to make this world a better place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks to all our guests for being here. If it's your first time, hey, come back next week and listen to an incredible pastor, my favorite pastor in all the world next week. But you're here today and God wants to speak to you. So so we all know this story. It's, It's very familiar. It's the story of the people uh, of, the, of the Israel and, and being under attack from the enemy The Philistine army And at the time of this story they were, all, all the Israelites were camped out on this hill and, and all the Philistines were camped out on this hill And they were there for a long, long, long period of time For weeks, if not months It had been months at this time Sound familiar? Sound like the children of Israel? We talked about last week how they were promised to go into the promised land, but, but they listened to the giants even though they had the grapes in their mouth. They, they had the grapes but they, they listened to the giant and, and they were living in fear. Because why? Because a nine foot giant would step out every morning and speak to all the Israelites and tell them they're just dogs, that, they're, that he, he would call their gods a dog. He, he, and this was a the deal. They were living in fear, and, and nobody wanted to fight him. Nobody thought they could defeat him. And then here comes this, this young 13 year old red headed little boy. It says that he was a ruddy complexion. He, he, here comes this little little thirteen year old David with a happy meal. He's like, doo, 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 doo. I mean, here's like this trained army. Here's this trained army, and here's this nine foot giant in the middle. Here's this army, and here comes little thirteen year old David just skipping. I, I think I don't even think David skipped. I think he had a strut. I, I don't know. It just, but but so here here comes David with this happy meal. So so today I want to talk to you because. Because what he didn't know at 13 years old, at that very moment, he was fixing to become a giant killer. But I really believe that from birth, there was something in David that he had a few secrets that I want to share with everyone in this room. Because we're all giant killers in this room. Anybody up against any giants or ever been up against any giants in your life, I want to let you know, you're a giant killer you're a giant killer. If a 13-year-old little boy can come into and defeat a giant, I want to tell you that you are a giant killer. So I want to give you some secrets today. Maybe some secrets you haven't thought of before but I want to apply these to your life today. And the number one secret is this. The very first secret. And I I want to tell you this. This is the biggest secret. A lot of times I try to leave the big thing for the very end, but, but I think we got to get this big picture in our mind today from the very get-go in this message. Because if we don't get anything else, this is the thing you got to get today. This is the thing that you have to get today. The number one secret is this is that giant killers realize who the real giant is. Real giant killers realize who who the real giant is. See, to the Israelites, to the, to the army, to, to God's chosen people, the trained soldiers, the ones that were born for this, the ones that were trained for this, who was the giant? The giant was Goliath. To, to, the, to the Philistine army, who was the giant? The giant was Goliath. And this, got, and this giant, to them, stopped them in their tracks for over a month It stopped the children of Israel prior In the other story that we talked about last week For a long long time But it had been stopping this army for over a month And then comes in this little boy With a sack lunch And he knew who the real giant was David knew who the real giant was Because when he walked in there He said you see The real giant never was Goliath I want you to get this The real giant was never Goliath the real giant was never the nine-foot-tall giant in this picture. The real giant. In fact, David knew it wasn't the, the giant. You see, he was, Goliath wasn't the, the giant. He never was the giant, and he never will be the giant in David's opinion because David knew who the real giant was. It, and listen to this. It wasn't David either. The real giant was not Goliath, and the real giant was not David either. Because what David realized, that he knew who the real giant was, was the giant that lived inside of him. It was the spirit of the living God that David knew was the giant. And I want to know about you. Do you know who the real giant is? When we look in our life and we see things confront us and we say, man, there's a giant in front of me. Do we see that as the giant? Or do we see the giant being the thing that lives inside of us? Because the 13-year-old David walks into this army where the trained army people were scared, seeing the giant being Goliath. But David comes in. He knew that the real giant was the thing that lived inside of him. And I want to tell you this. Who's the giant in your life? Who's the giant in your life? See, this is the deal. The real giant is never what is standing in front of you. I say it again, the the giant is is never what is standing in front of you, but it's the Spirit of God that lives inside of you. we got to get this. And I wonder this. I wonder this, this. This question is so huge to me. What if the church really started believing this? What if in your family you started believing that the real giant is who is inside of me, not the one that's up against me? What would it look like if the church really started believing this? See, the real giant is Jesus Christ and His Spirit that lives inside of us. I mean, do you really realize? Do you really realize what God has done? Do you really realize that that He was the one that, that spun the earth into existence? That at the very mention of a word, things would appear. That when he said, let there be sun and moon, the sun and moon came and they went into existence. That when he said, let there be grass and let there be animals and let there be this and that. And everything he did, as soon as he spoke, there it was. And all these things that he created in creation. And when we read the Bible, we read the Old Testament. And do we really see what he's done? That, that what In the Old Testament, there's so many stories of him splitting the Red Sea in half, that keeping the lion's mouth shut, that not even allowing the people to be burnt when they're throwing in the fire. Then we move to the New Testament. He came as a baby, not a giant. He came as a baby to be born again. And he grew up and he, he became a man. And when he became a man, he, he went around healing the sick, healing the lame, healing the dead. Death, raising the dead, picking up the, the, the dead and bringing them back to life. And then the big story comes where he goes to a cross and it didn't look like a big story. It looked like the enemy had been the giant at this time and they put him on a cross and they put nails in his hands and he breathes his last breath and they put him in a, stu- in a, in a tomb and the enemy thinks, hey, I'm the giant now. But let me tell you the story that the stone was rolled away and the real giant... Death could not hold him back in that tomb because why? Because he's the real giant. But the story, I may just get fired up in here today, but I'm just going to let you know that the story doesn't stop there. The story doesn't, we rejoice and go, man, he rose again, but the story doesn't stop there. Why? Because he had something else and he wanted to live inside. He wanted to come live inside of your life. And he wanted to put the giant up inside of you. And he came back. And all of that power that created those things, all of the power that created the earth, the moon, the stars, all of that power that had one word that he spoke. All that power that took him off of the cross. All that power and all that majesty and all that giant, giant, that giant that did all of these things now lives inside of you and you and you and you. And I want to ask you before we move on, who's the real giant in your life? We come up against things in our life But who is the giant, David? Who was the giant on that field? This is what David's mentality was. See, this is what we need. We need a revelation of the power of God. We need not only a revelation of the power of God, but the revelation of the power of God in and through us. I'm telling you, we need that revelation. This was David's revelation. He said this. He said, my revelation is greater than my situation. He said, my revelation of the God that's in me is greater than what's in front of me. He said, what's inside of me, you heard this scripture before, it's it's greater in me than what's in this world. That's what David's mentality was. He said, my revelation is, is greater than this situation. And that's what giant killers believe. It doesn't matter what's standing in front of you. When you realize this, when you really, really, really realize what's living in you, because what's living in you is the real giant. What's living in you is the real giant, which leads me to the next point, number two. You say, me, you're not the underdog. You are not the underdog. You are not the underdog. The enemy wants you to believe it. I love underdog stories. I eat them. I just, I just love underdog stories because they fire me up. I love stories of sports teams or, or, or people that, 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 that were looked over, that weren't thought much about, that looked like they had no chance. It just looked like it. It looked like they weren't going to make it. It looked like they weren't going to defeat them. It, it looked like they had no chance. But guess what? They came out victorious. I love underdog stories. People even use this story. People use this David and Goliath story as, and they call it this. They call it a what? An underdog story. Right? You've heard of that. They, They say that That here's this team and here's this team. This is a true underdog story. This is a true David and Goliath moment. Here we have the the underdogs and we have the the giants and, and, and we have these two teams matched up. It's a true David and Goliath story. You heard it, right? You've heard it. You've heard it. Well, guess what? They're wrong. They are so wrong. They are so wrong in here. And they say that the weaker team is who? David, right? They say, we've done it. I've done it. We say the weaker team is the David and the stronger team is Goliath. But see, I, I, I don't see it this way. I see it like David saw it. David never saw himself as an underdog. David never looked and he never, never saw himself as, as, a, as an underdog. In fact, I love what it says here. It says, in fact, David never saw it that way. He, he never even called Goliath a giant. He never called Goliath a giant. You know what he called him? An uncircumcised Philistine. When David, the 13-year-old little year old boy with, with the sack lunch, shows up on scene, he never saw Goliath as a giant. And we use this story to say that it's an underdog story. Let, let, let me show you, me show you uh, what it looked like. Cameron, come here. Cameron, come here. Cameron, come here. I mean, like, like people go like, oh, here comes, here comes David and he's going to fight this Goliath. Now, I can take anybody in this room and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I could, I could probably take you. See, th- see, that's what people see. You know what I see? I see me as David and I see him as Goliath. What if we got this mentality instead of thinking that the nine foot tall giant is Goliath and David is, is, the, is, is the little underdog story. What if we saw it like David saw it? Because this is when David walked down to the, to the battlefield. He didn't see it this way. He saw Goliath as the underdog. He knew when he went into this thing that there is greater things in me than the things that are in this world. And I think we as the church need to see it like this. That if God lives inside of me there is nothing, and I repeat, nothing that can come up against me that can take me down. Thank you very much. I think we need this mentality. We need this mentality every day with our kids. We need this mentality in our marriages. We need this mentality on our jobs. We need this mentality everywhere we go. We need to be like David. David never saw Goliath as the giant. Why? Because he knew that the giant was living on the inside of of him. See, if Jesus Christ lives inside of you, you aren't and you never will be the underdog. So when you look in the mirror in the mornings, if Jesus Christ lives inside of you, I want you to see yourself the way that Jesus Christ sees you as the stronger opponent, as the one that will be victorious, as the one that will win. That when you look in the mirror and that person looking back to you and you you have always looked at, that person is going to be the underdog. I'm speaking to some young people today that you think, man, sometimes I just don't think I match up with my opponent. I think sometimes that, that, that we on our jobs, we think there's no way we can match up to that. Don't see yourself as the underdog. I want you to see yourself the way that That God sees you He sees you as he sees himself And he is victorious And when he looks in the mirror He sees himself through you And we've got to start seeing ourselves this way See this is the mentality we need We need the mentality That we are giant killers Why, Why is it Why is it always miraculous When the believer wins Why is it always miraculous when the believer wins? We say oh we want to see signs and miracles and yes it, it's miracles when things happen but I just wonder if we started having the mentality of why is it always miraculous when the believer wins. I think we need the mentality that says it's always miraculous if the enemy won. Because the scripture says greater is he who what? Who lives in me than he that is in the world. And he, if he lives inside of me, he is victorious. So what? So I can be victorious. So I think it should always be miraculous if the enemy won. You're not the underdog. What if you started looking at your giants as as, as underdogs? That's the way we need to see it. So when we think about David, I mean, I mean we, we're all human, right? We, we always wonder, well, how did David become a giant killer? I mean, he, he was only a shepherd boy, and, and, and up until this point, remember these points right here. Up until this, these points, he, he was overlooked by his family. He, he was forgotten. He was never given any kind of opportunity. He's, he's like, no, 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 you just go sit over there, go play your harp, go talk to the sheep. He was never given the opportunity, and, and he didn't even look like anything special. That's the way humanity will see this story. But when he gets on the battlefield... He walks past all those that matched up to the giant. He walked all those that were trained, all those that were not looked over, all those that were chosen and picked by, 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 by the leaders in those days. He walked right past all of them and got out on the, on the battlefield, and he defeats this giant. And we do this. We look at ourselves sometimes and we think, man... I can't be a giant killer. I wonder if David would have had that mentality. Man, I can't be a, a, a giant killer. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's and we we look at it and we think, man, it's it's one thing to, to to read all these stories in the Bible and and be inspired, but but I I couldn't I couldn't ever be like those people. But I'm not like that. I mean, when I really look at Moses, I'm thinking, man, Moses is here. Brandon's here, I mean, and I, I think David's here, and, and here, here's me, and, and here's this story in the Bible, and I could never match up to those people. I mean, I just wake up, I go to work, I go to school, I do my thing, I go back home, everything's ordinary, I'm just an average person, right? That's what we think, we're just, we're just average, and, and you can go along in life and think, man, I'm just average, it's, it's okay, you know, it's, gonna, it, it, it's, it's okay, But I want to tell you this today, and I want to speak to every one of you here when I say this. God loves using average people. God loves using average people to do over-average responsibilities and over-average things that he did. I mean, you just think about this. God loves using average people. And and in, in the Bible, they were all average. We, we see the outcome, but if you get back to the beginning of every story, I mean, think about this. Joshua, too young. David, too inexperienced and too young. Moses was too insecure. Peter was too stable. Thomas, you were too doubtful. Zacchaeus, you were too short. Martha, you were too worried. And Lazarus, you were just too dead. Think about it. We see the outcome, but going into the story, they were average or below average. They all had their challenges, and they could use every excuse, but they chose to make a difference and defeat their giants in their day because they believed this. They believed this, that, that they're not the underdog, and you're not the underdog. Moving on, we got to go to number three. Giant killers knew who they were Giant killers knew They, they, they know who they are they, they know who they are The, the scripture says in verse 38-39 then, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic And he put a coat of armor on him And a bronze helmet on his head And David fastened his sword over the tunic And tried to walk around and Because he wasn't used to them He said I cannot go in these And he said to Saul Because I'm not used to them so he took them off. Saul was given his armor, but it was too big for David. David had this mentality before he ever got there. He said he, said, I'm he had this giant killer mentality. He, he knew who he was. Can I tell you this to every person? And, and, and when I say this, I want to I speak it especially to the students today. And You're, and you're, you're, you're being developed in your age right now. Can I tell you these words today? You are the best you that God has ever created on this planet. Can we have some adults say amen? You are the best you that God has ever created on this planet. Can I, can I tell the people in this room that have been overlooked because people didn't think you were good enough? Can I tell you this that you are the best you that God ever created on this planet? You are the best you. You 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 aren't going to defeat your giants living in someone else's armor is what I want to say. I want to tell this to the students today, that, 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 that we try to compare ourselves to others and we, we try to become who others, are. We, we try to become them. We want to be that person or we want to be this person. Quit being that person. Be who God made you to be. God, be who God made you to be. Come out, of the, come out of that armor that people are trying to put on you and you be who God made you to be. When I finally realized that I finally came to myself and God began to use me. But for years I tried to be like so-and-so or I tried to be like this person or, or people would tell me, you need to do this. No, I got into God's word, and I said, this is who God created me to be. And what you see here today, you don't see the ministry of somebody else. You see the ministry of Brandon Pippen that God is using today. I don't want to be somebody else because God created me to be me, and he made you to be you. So be you because you're the best you that God has ever created. When you begin to match up to other people, you won't match up to them because God didn't make you to be them. He made you to be you, David. And David said, take this armor away. Give me my slingshot. He said, take this armor away and and give me my slingshot. I'm a a shepherd. I'm a a slinger. You, You aren't going to defeat your giant living like somebody else. Be you. God made you to be you. He gave you your personality. Use it. Use your personality in in school. Use your personality. You be you. Some of you are so scared to be you. but You know why? Because I remember me. I remember me at 13. I remember me when I was your age. And I was so bashful. Because in my eyes, I didn't didn't look like, I I didn't measure up to those other people. And I was so fearful, to, to, to even, even in a group of people, I was so fearful to, to even say a word. Y'all don't believe that, do you? Ask my mom. They, when I was 13 year old, they, they would put me in, the, in between two talkative students because they knew I wouldn't say a word. But you know, one day, and, and y'all are saying, would you please go back to that guy? <laughs> yeah. But I want to tell you this. That guy at 13 would have missed so many opportunities. So many opportunities that if, if I wouldn't have become myself and who God, I was so fearful. Fear fear owned me. And fear owned the whole army of Israel from defeating the giant. And, and fear owned me. But I want to tell you, you can't defeat your giant living like other people. You be you, and you be the best one that God ever created. I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be a good Joe Mace. You're a giant killer, dude. Joe Mace, you are a giant killer. But I wouldn't be good, a good Joe Mace. But you make an awesome Joe Mace. I wouldn't be a good Stephen Machuca. I, I, I definitely wouldn't be a good Nick Fontana. Because God made Nick to be a Nick Fontana. He made Joe to be a Joe Mace. But you know what? I come to realize at 13 years old, and I want to speak to everybody here in this moment, especially you. At 13 years old, I realize this. I am the best Brandon Pippen that God has ever created in this world. And I'm going to be the best one. And I'm going to take full advantage of it. So you be you. Don't be someone else. David knew who he was. He was a boy with a sling, and get this. He was a boy with a sling that was just about to take down a giant with the largest set of armor he had ever seen in all his life. You know why? Because David was going to be David. He wasn't going to be Saul. Number four, got to move on. Giant killers realize this, that opposition is just another opportunity. Say that with me. Say, Put it up there. Giant killers realize that opposition is just another opportunity. What are you seeing when you see a giant? I mean, I wish we would start realizing that when we see giants in our life or, or, op, or obstacles or opposition, this is only fixing to be another opportunity for God to show out in something. we got to see it. That when something comes in front of us, an opposition, that, that this, this is not an opposition. This is another opportunity. I, I mean, have you ever read the Bible? There is never a story about someone that was just born, everything was easy, and they died. Put that in the Bible. <laughs> they were born, everything was easy, and they died. No, 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 that wouldn't make a, a Bible story. Why? Because opposition is just another opportunity, something we've got to write about. We've got to tell our testimony. Let's go back a few months. when We've we got to use that testimony. That, that when we see opposition, when you see the giant, I want to tell you that there is something unbelievable right past that giant. This is fixing to be another opportunity for God to show out and God to take me to places I've never been before. See, I want you to understand this. We've all had opposition. We, we've all had. Whether you're 33, whether you're 333, or whether you're three, We've all had opposition. No matter your age, you've all had opposition. See, I want to tell you a story. See, see no matter your age, you, you, when, when you first began, you were up against 300 million others when you first began. You'll understand this story here soon. When the race began, it was you against 300 million opponents. But you swam your heart out. You won. Yes, you won. You wouldn't be here today if you wouldn't have defeated your opponents. It was you swimming against all of the other opponents. And guess what? Man, you were a good swimmer. You were a fast swimmer. You were a strong swimmer. In fact, this is what it says. science says this. In fact, you swam so fast that scientists say that if you were the size of a catfish, you would have been swimming over 500 miles per hour. That's you. That if you were the size of a whale, you would have been going 15,000 miles per hour, they say. They say that you swam so fast that it was like you covered 50 miles in two seconds. That's pretty fast because you swam. In fact, because you swam so fast... Most of all of your other brothers, they just gave up and said, I quit because they're so good, because they're so strong, because they're so amazing. They said, we give up here, but you know what? You kept on. You pressed on. And then came the big decision moment. It was in the fallopian tubes. I think you're catching on now. Where you had to choose left or right. Which direction? I mean, here, here's a choice. Which direction do I go? And you chose right. You chose right, praise God. And then you saw the finish line. And man, this looked great. But guess what? When you arrived at the finish line, it was so hard to cross. It was so, But you pressed on. You pushed on. And after a hard struggle to cross, you crossed into that finish line. And you won the race, praise God. Yeah, I just used that story. You know why? Because you be you. (laughs) Slap somebody, high five, and say, hey, you won. When you were up against 300 million opponents, you won. And you know what? When you sat in there at the finish line that you finally got through, some of y'all will catch this on a little bit longer, or you may need to ask somebody when we're done here. But it was that moment you thought, oh, that was hard. That was tough. That was the fight of my life. (laughs) I like you, whoever that is. (laughs) And you thought, oh, man, this is, life is grand. But guess what? We're going to move on. You thought life was grand. Life was great. You won the race. You got there. and You looked around and you were like, whoa, this is awesome. Man, have you seen this womb? <laughs> have you seen this womb? I mean, yeah, this is an amazing womb. I mean, everything's great. Everything I need, I'm, every, every supply that I ever needed, it just comes to me. I'm fed, I'm nurtured, I'm taken care of, I'm protected in the in the womb. You know, sometimes I can go to that side of the womb, sometimes I like to hang out on this side of the womb, sometimes I go over there, but I love my womb. This is a great womb, it's an amazing womb. And six months go by, and you're like, Oh, yeah, I'm the king of the womb. (laughs) And you are feeling comfortable in your womb. And you're like, hey, what's up? I love my womb. You see over there, there's the bed womb. And over there, there's the the bath womb. And right over there is the living womb. And man, I just love my womb. Thank you, Jesus, for my womb. And you're like, man, life has never been like this before. And then nine months come along. And you were like, man, you were king of the womb. If I do this, if I poke here, mom does that. (laughs) Right, Bethany? If I poke here, mom does this. Hey, I can make her do whatever I want her to do. I can roll around. I can do somersaults. You were the king of the womb, and everything was great. Until this moment came. You You didn't see it coming. You weren't expecting it. You were just happy in the womb. And then comes this thing called birth. You didn't see it coming. This was fixing to be a struggle. This was fixing to be a hard thing. This, some people could call this a giant. I don't know about you, but I was a pretty big baby. <laughs> fixing to go down anyways. <laughs> and what birth does is this. Is it means that you had to leave this environment of comfort, of security, and familiarity everywhere you'd been all your life after that moment? But you were fixing to go to something that is so much bigger, so much better. But I got to go through this to get to that. You had to go down an area of pressure, an area of pain, it was an area of opposition. It was an uncomfortable moment. It was, was great in the womb, but you had to go through this moment. So you get there and you're, you're like, well, you're hanging on for dear life. You're like, no, not me. Don't take me there. But all of a sudden, you understand i gotta, I got to go through that to get what's on the other side. i got to go through this opposition. So what did you do when birth happens? You went, you, you, you went down And you were born. You went down this dark tunnel this opposition, this this pain, this uncomfortableness Why? Because when you arrived and you were born, your eyes looked around and you were screaming and crying, but the doctor suctioned you and took all that air, all that stuff out of your mouth and you inhaled for the first time. And you were like, oh fresh air air This is amazing. This is way better. It's so much bigger out here. It's so much greater out here. People are here. Everybody's here. It was so much better. But I had to go through that to get to this. And you went through, and that was two victories before you ever even arrived outside your mama that you had been victorious over. I believe this. When you see opposition in your life, yeah, it was a funny story, but I wanted to hit home right here. That when opposition comes in front of you, you may not remember those moments, I don't, but you were there, and you went through it, and you were born, and you're here today. Why? Because you were victorious. And when things stand up against you, remember this opposition. It's just another opportunity for me to get to where God wants me to go. And you can be victorious. I want you to have this. I want you to have a giant killer mentality. I want you to have a giant killer mentality. This is what we need to do. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you a few things of a mentality that a giant killer has to have. First, he's got to believe the things I've already talked about. But this is the mentality of a giant killer. When all these things happen, when when something is in front of you, when opposition is in front of you. This is our mentality as giant killers. Number one, we've got a giant killers see. They see things. Samuel or, or David said this in First Samuel 17, 26. He said, David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for this man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. David saw some things. He he looked. He said. He said. What what's what's in this for me? What's going to happen because I'm going to defeat him? What's going to happen to me? They want. He wanted to see what stood in front of him. And David saw the possibilities that this could bring. It was tax free living. Wouldn't that be amazing? Amen. Anybody want to go up against some opposition for that? He said it'd be tax free living. I'd get the king's daughter. I, I I would I would get gold. I would get reward and. Would be, it would bring victory for all of God's people. David saw these things before he ever went on the battlefield. But this is the thing. When we, when we want to see things, we've also got to see some other things. Because in order to see the possibility, you, we have to see past the obstacles. We've got to see past the obstacles because David had some obstacles here to go up against. Not only was Goliath the obstacle, but there was many other things that David has to see. Because you know what David was carrying along with him? He, he could have been, no, no, actually David had already been through Freedom Conference. And, and he had already gotten past these moments. But see, David had to see past his father's rejection. David has to see past his because his father didn't think that David was good enough to even be anointed in the very beginning. His father didn't think that he could be a warrior. He didn't, his father, but guess what? When, when Samuel poured, remember the story? When, when, when Samuel poured, I even think sometimes Samuel didn't know what was fixing to happen because he tried to pour the anointing oil over all the other brothers, and it didn't pour out. But when David stood there, because God has anointed you, because God has anointed David, when the oil was poured out, it just flowed over David. David's father didn't see him as it. David's brothers, and I think even Samuel didn't even see it, but but God did. And when that oil was poured out, it was poured all over David. His father didn't think that he could be a warrior. David had to see this. He had to see past his brother's resentment. His brothers were in the crowd, right? His brothers were in the crowd. They hated that their brother, their little brother, was on the battlefield. And even in verse 28, it says this. It says that they resented him in verse 28. David had to look past Saul's lack of belief in him. Saul said, you're only a boy. You can never fight that giant. Here, put this armor on. And David had to see past that. David had to see also past his own insecurities. His own insecurities. And I want to tell you today, insecurity will always hold you back when opposition comes. Insecurity will always hold you. It's it's one of the biggest giants against the faith of God. Insecurity. David probably saw himself as small, as young, not a warrior's build, never even been to war. He'd never been there. He had to see past it. In fact, I I, I believe this. People, I, I don't know, there's no really written reason why this happened, but I really believe because I've had to see past my own insecurities before. When I look at this story, this is what I see. This is why David bent down and picked up five smooth stones, put them in his pocket. You know what he was thinking? I would have been thinking, what if I missed on the first shot? Maybe past that insecurity. David had to see past those things. And I believe that that's why he had to see that. But but this is the mentality of David. He saw Number two, giant killers believe. Verse Samuel 17, 37. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. David believed. Giant killers believe. We believe. Giant, uh, David believed that God was going to deliver him. David believed that God was going to do it. God's done it once with a lion. God's done it twice with a bear. And he's not going to stop here because he's he's made me for this. He's going to do it against this uncircumcised Philistine. David believed. David believed. Paul said it like this. He said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, he says these words. He said, for we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. What, what Paul's trying to say, he said, you've you got to believe. You've got to have faith. Faith in God, and if God lives in you, then faith in yourself. David believed. Paul believed. Paul said, for, with, for we live by faith, not by sight. And I want to tell you, when opposition stands in front of you, there's always going to be a conflict between your feelings and your faith. There's always going to be a conflict. I don't feel like it, but faith says you can. There's always going to be a conflict between your feelings and your faith. See, this is why, because our senses demand that we walk by sight. But faith says, and the Word of God says, that we walk by faith. Where do I go, God? I'm going to take you through this. We walk by faith not by sight. The world says this. This is what the world says. The world says you've got to see it to believe it. But this is what God says. He said, I believe you've got to believe it before you see it. Number three, giant killers speak. First Samuel seventeen forty five through forty six. David said to the Philistine, "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the arm, the God of the Armies of Israel, whom you have defied." This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and I'll cut off your head and this very day I will give the carcasses to the Philistine army, to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Had this happened yet? No. But David said... David said, listen to me when I say this. David said he used his words. He used his voice. He used the the words that's coming out of David said, David said, David said. This is the deal. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. David spoke out everything that God was going to do. Listen to me when I say this because this is so, so huge in your life. This is so big. Words used correctly can move mountains. Words used correctly can move mountains, but listen to me. Words used incorrectly can create them. Let me say it again. Is this on the screen? I believe. Words used correctly can move mountains, but words used incorrectly can create them. Proverbs, this is, this is, this is so big. David said it. In fact, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. the wisest man Solomon said it this way. He says your tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruits. How are you using your voice today? Are you speaking words of truth? You got grapes in your mouth? Go back to last week. You got the promises of God in your mouth. Are you chewing them? Is that what's coming out? Is that the words that you're using? Because your words are going to either create life or death. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a life giver and not a life taker. I want to be a life giver and I want you to use your words, your words, your words, your, your words. What are you speaking? Not only did he see, not only did he, but he also spoke. He, he spoke the words before he ever went in to, to fight this, this Goliath because he knew that words have power. Words have power. They can give life or death. Words can give peace or conflict. Words can give encouragement or discouragement, joy, or sorrow, hope, or negativity. I don't know about you, but for me and my mouth, they will serve the Lord and say good words. That's a new scripture. I just said it. And you can tell what a person believes how by what words are coming out of their mouth. What words are coming out. You're a giant killer. What are you saying? This opposition, you're going down. Too often people speak defeat over their situation. But David didn't. David said this. He said, I'm going I'm to take you down. I'm going to strike you down. I'm gonna, you, you're going to be delivered into my hands. What is David doing? You know what David was doing here? I believe David was prophesying over his future. I hope this point hits hard right here. I think it's time we start prophesying over our future. I will not live in defeat. Say it. I will be victorious in the name of the Lord. Whatever is coming up against me will not take me down. But I will win in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I think it's time we start prophesying over our future. I'm tired of us sitting down in the corner saying no more, no more, no more and hiding over here in the corner and saying, hey, the giant's out there and and we're not going to. No, it's time we start prophesying over our future. First of all, you better have the word of God in you first before you start prophesying. And whatever God speaks to you and gives you those promises, you start speaking those promises. We, we stood here over a year ago and said we will not be defeated by Harvey. We were, you know what we were doing. The pastor stood out there. He said, "He." This is what he said. He said, "I believe that a new thing is going to happen." You remember that? You know what that was? He was prophesying over this church. You know what we're in today? We are here in a new thing. Something brand new is happening in this church. You know why? Because our leader, our, our, our leader, not only, he, he's actually our leader who serves under a greater leader. That leader told his lead, told our leader he said, hey, you prophesy these things. You're going to be standing in a brand new thing. And he prophesied. How? He was in knee deep water. That I believe a new thing is about to happen. And I want to tell you this. You need to start prophesying over your future. You need to get God's word down deep inside of you. You know how you prophesy your future? Let's go back to last week. You put a grape in your mouth. You know what that grape is? That grape is the word of God. That grape is the blood of Jesus Christ. It said, hey, we will be victorious over every situation. We chew those grapes. And when a giant stands in front of us, listen, what happened to the children of Israel? They didn't go anywhere for many, many years until all the people that didn't believe died. They stopped them, they held them back. They died. Joshua and Caleb finally said, hey, it's our turn now. We told you back then. We still believe it today. Let's prophesy over it now, and now let's go into the promised land, what God has given us. So I believe what we say, what we say means big. We get the Word of God in us, and then we say, we speak. These things we prophesy In fact this is what we should prophesy God I thank you today that I am blessed God I thank you today that I am favored God I am healed I am more than a conqueror I am the head and I'm not the tail Today I'm above and I'm not belief I am an overcomer by the word Of my testimony And today I will have victory and not defeat If there's a giant up against To you, you look at giant Or you look at obstacle opposition In the faith, you tell him you're not the giant Giant, the giant lives in me, and we will be victorious. The next thing is giant killers stand. I'm moving on. Uh, Samuel 17:47. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and will give you all you into our hands. David understood this. He said, "I'm in a fight. I'm in a fight." I'm going to fight and there's an opposition down there, but you know what David was thinking? he said this Lord, he said this battle is not mine. this battle is not my I'm going to have to go in, I'm going to have to do the work, but this is not mine because God's called me for this opposition. he's made it an opportunity in my life and he stood there, he believed this, he said, the battle is not mine, but it's the Lord's and this is what he, this is what Galatians says five and one it says It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And what does it say? Stand firm. Then do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Ephesians 6 and 13. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to what? To stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Sometimes that's all we can do. In the past so many times you know what we've did? Opposition comes up. Let me go back here. This is where I was comfortable. God says this. He says, I'm going to fight for you. So sometimes all we can do is stand. Giant killers in the midst of everything, they stand. Stand for what they believe in. Number five, giant killers also do this. Not only do they stand, but they also advance. I love it. In 1748, as the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Scott, can you all come? I love this. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David didn't just stand there no more. Why? Because he had the mentality of a giant killer. He knew that was greater than what, greater in him than what stood in front of him. And he ran quickly towards the battle to meet him. All, of the war, all the warriors in the army, where were they? In the, in the hills, hiding. They didn't advance. They settled in the hills. Listen, we've had battles in our life, opposition in our life, that has held us in the hills. We've been up against some things in our past that have held you in the heels. You were trained for battle. You were a warrior. You were told you can do this. But this giant, this this opposition held us in the heels. And all of a sudden, here comes a little 13-year-old boy, a giant killer. He said, I'm not going to settle here. He said, I'm not going to settle here. He said, I'm going to keep advancing. He said, I'm going to expand God's territory. He said, I'm going to defeat this giant. He he was stretching his thinking beyond what he could see. Why? Because feelings will hold us back. but Faith will move us forward. He was stretching his thinking. He was thinking this. He was thinking this. Remember the story earlier? David was looking past the opposition. He says, because what lies ahead of this is greater than where I stand today. What lies ahead of me is greater than where I stand here today. Would you stand with me? David said these words. He was thinking this. He was thinking, don't settle. Say that, don't settle. Say, don't quit. Say, don't give in. Say, don't give up. Say, don't throw in the towel. It's not over. You don't retreat. You don't go back. You don't don't retreat back to where it was comfortable. Sometimes that opposition is there, but it's going to make you stronger than you've ever been before. And it's going to get you to places where you've never been also. Giant killers continue to advance. You know why? Because this is number six. Because giant killers always overcome. Giant killers always overcome. It may not have been the first battle. It may not have been the first round. It may not have been the second round when we were to fight in our battle. It may not have been that first time we prayed for healing. It may not have been that second time. But you know what? We stayed in there. We didn't settle. We just kept fighting. The Bible says to keep, to fight the good fight of faith. To stay in there, to keep to keep fighting. You know why? Because 1 Samuel 17 and 50 says these words. Then I speak it over everyone in this crowd today He said so David triumphed over the Philistine Not the giant here He triumphed over the Philistine With what? Just a sling and a stone Without a sword in his hand He struck down the Philistine And he killed him Why? Because he was a giant killer He was a giant killer And I want to say to you today in this room You say this Say I am a giant killer. I will not be the same. I will never be the same. I'm not going to go back to what I used to be. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. There's opportunities ahead for you if you will defeat your giant. Maybe not be round one. Maybe not be round two. But stay in there, buddy. Stay in there, sis. You're going to win. You're going to be victorious. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a, just a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand He struck down the obstacle He struck down the opposition And he killed him You're a giant killer Some of you in this room right now you're, you're, still, you're still saying, no, not me I say this, yes, you God created you He made you When well, you say, but I'm not worthy I'm not worthy to be a giant You don't know me you say, but I'm not worth anything. I say this. You may not feel that like you're worth it, but it's not about worth here. It's about birth. You were born to be a giant killer. It's not about your worth. David, had he didn't feel worthy. He had been looked over. He had been turned down. He had been, he had been oppressed and everything. I'm sure he was like, man, I, I'm just here to really just bring a... A lunch, I say this today to you. It's not about your worth right now. It's about your birth. And do you know what you were born into? You were born into the family of God. You are a son. You were a daughter of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You were born and you tell me you're not worth anything? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm the son of a king of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm the son of a God that created this world. I'm a God and I was born to be a giant killer. I was born to be a giant killer. In this world, we will be up against giants, but we don't see them as giants because I got a giant living in me David triumphed he was victorious and he overcame and I want to tell you nothing that stands in your way can come up against the power of God I say that to you today fear gone insecurity's gone Past failure's gone. I'm looking ahead. I'm a giant killer. I am not the underdog. My opposition is from here on out. Are you with me? I want to hear from you. Are you with me, you bunch of giant killers? I prophesy over you right now that in your future greater things than you could ever imagine will be in your future. Greater opportunities in your future are in front of you. Don't hold back. Don't settle in the heels. Don't let fear hold you back. You're looking... As someone that at 13 wouldn't get up in front of people. And I stand here today as a testimony that you can be a giant killer. Dylan Wall, you're a giant killer. Jake Pippen, you're a giant killer. Kenzie Kelsey Pippen, you're giant killers. I want you to stand and I want you to raise your hand. I'm telling you right now, do you you believe in spiritual warfare? I do. I do. It's real. And that's the opposition that we're up against. (laughs) But you know what? It's only a lie because we've already won. We won due to a cross and a tomb. And that, that spiritual warfare that you've been up against, that thing that's come against you and your family and tried to rob you, it's a lie. It's only trying to distract you from where God wants to take you. Now raise your hand. Say this. Say, I am a giant killer. I'm moving ahead. I'm stepping forward by faith and not by sight. And I will be. I I think right now we need to say it like a bunch of giant killers. Say, I am a giant killer. That's what I'm talking about. You say, I am a giant killer. In the name of Jesus, I will be victorious. Give yourself a hand, a round of applause. In Jesus' name.